Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 319, Life in the Fast Lane, number 17, Too Fast, Too Furious, minute 92, entirely too many numbers there. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And we are here to talk about another, okay, remember, I don't remember if it was a Patreon episode, I don't remember if it was a main episode, but we're like, we're not going to be done with this until November 2024. That's what I thought. That's no, that's still, that's still true. But what okay. I realized today is what that means or how long it's going to take us to do Tokyo Drift. Well, but because you you did you said you didn't want you wanted to do six and then go to Tokyo. No, Drift, no, right? no. Or, I'm, no, we're gonna no we're gonna do we're gonna do Tokyo Drift. You next, do but four. I'm just saying okay. if we're doing like a hundred minutes of that movie plus deleted scenes plus whatever in trailers, that's like a hundred and ten things every three weeks. Six years doing Tokyo Drift. Like, it's not just that Too Fast is going to take us another year plus. It's that the next thing is going to be double the length of the podcast we've already done. Wow. That's so, insane. You know. Yeah, that's insane. Okay. Well, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll figure out a way to, like, you know. Hit the Nas. Something. I don't know. I also don't really mind it. I don't know. I like it. It feels nice. It's This is, this is a fine pace for me. It's okay. Let's dive right into that Too Fast, Too Furious Minute 92, a minute in which everyone talks with the exact same inflection. It's all right, let him out. Get up. Pop the trunk. Oye, ven aquí. Hurry up. Where's the rest of it? The other car? Another car. Where's the other car? On its way. On the way, huh? Yeah. Here's your money. So you know nothing about the agents that stole my jet. So in this minute, Brian and Enrique pull up to Tarpon Point, where one of Carter Verone's gunmen is waiting for them with an automatic rifle pointed at their car. Carter and Monica get out of their SUV as Brian and Enrique get out of their car. Brian unloads the money from his trunk, passing it to Carter's henchman. Carter interrogates Brian as to the whereabouts of the remaining money as the minute ends. And it is amazing to me how both Carter and his gunman and Enrique and Brian all deliver lines with the same, the other car, another car, on its way, on its way. Here's your money. So you know nothing. It's just like the same exact, like, monotone delivery. Nobody yes. wants to be acting in the scene right now. I don't know if it was like too hot there. I don't know what was going on, but it's like everyone delivering lines with the same intonation. And I was like, oh boy. The main thing that I was like thinking as I'm watching this minute is how does Carter not know that there's a second car? He sends two of his henchmen out. He has two drivers with two cars that he saw them get. How did how is he so confused? He's like, what other car? Another car. Where's the other car? Yeah. I don't think he's a good criminal. That's a probably a fair point. I don't know. I really don't know. I also maybe wonder. It's 
I think it's genuinely hard to tell what's going on here because they're not emoting at all. Like, it also feels like, why is it like he, it feels like he is asking just in a weird, dry, monotone way, where's Roman? Yeah, but he could have said, where's Roman and the other car? But instead he says, another car, where's the other car? Yes. I don't know. And, the, it, like, his inflection at in that one is, like, another car. Like, he's, like, inquisitive about that there is another car. I thought you and I had the only cars in all of Miami. Pretty much. That's what I was sensing. Exciting is that there are three new henchmen in this minute, including one who has a line of dialogue, which feels rare. Like, it's been so long. If I would have told you that there was character. three other henchmen in this minute, would you have remembered that until no. you watched it this time? I wouldn't have. There's only one of two trivia questions for this. And the one that I wrote down is how many henchmen are there? Or the other one is how many bags of money are there? Because there's three bags of money. But I think what's really funny. So there's Carter has a driver who gets out of the SUV. Yes. There's the guy, so when when they first pull up to Tarpon Point in the way background by the boat, there are two dudes. Yes. Who, when we cut to the next thing, are no longer there. So I assume they're the same dudes that we see because there's two and two. It would make sense. The one guy springs up with the rifle and he's the one who says, get out. And then there's the other guy. But what I think is very funny is that third guy, so not the guy with the line, not the driver, but the other dude with the gun carries two bags of money through the scene and then disappears. Yeah. He's 100%. Not there anymore. And I would like to think that he just like left with those bags of money. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Well, I guess they yeah, I don't we'll we'll track to see where it goes, but because he just carries two bags of money through and then they cut back to Brian and then we cut back to where he should be and he's just gone. Like there were six people in the scene and then there's just five and it's like, "Oh, where'd that guy go? Where'd the two bags of money go?" Presumably to the boat, but, like, we don't see him there. We just see him walk through the frame and then disappear. There's, like, a guy with a... I think... No, no. I think we do see him, like, boarding the boat at the very end of this minute. There's a guy in the background. Yeah, there's a guy in the background that I think is boarding the boat. It's one of the henchmen is, like, there. But I think that he's either carrying a gun or the bags of money. I think it's the bags of money. And he's, like, boarding the boat. He's away in the background. Oh, yeah, okay, behind Carter in the very end. Yes. He's throwing the bags of money over the side of the boat for some reason instead of carrying them on. Yes, yeah, he's okay. just tossing them on. Yeah, because Monica's, you see you see the boat behind Monica, there's nobody behind her, and then you see the boat behind Carter, and he's behind there. Which is actually a lot more thought and continuity than we normally get, so I appreciate that. Like, it feels, like, slightly edited where, like, the guys are by the boat, then all of a sudden they're by the car. The guys are by the car, then all of a sudden they're on the boat. Like, it doesn't quite line up, but, like, it's close enough that in a movie that shouldn't care about this, I think you're right. It's like, oh, they're actually, like, showing where people are. Like, the extras are doing work yes. in the scene. As opposed to just disappearing. Like, I Correct. would assume that they did. There's clothing that they have. I have Carter. Like, Carter looking like he's in, like, a night robe, like, like a nightgown, like a night shirt, like a sleep shirt, like this very... Dude, oh, can I tell you a really random fucking story now that mm-hmm. you just said that? You unlocked something in my brain. Today, I'm driving to work, and it's like, there's a lot of traffic. You know, happens some random mornings. Most of the time, people like to work from home, and some days, they all decide to work from work, so mm-hmm. it gets really weird. I'm always driving in. Anyways, I'm driving, like to work and on the side of the highway i get on the highway for a tiny patch on the side of the highway today like i see all these cars pulled over and it looks like you know like somebody must have braked and it was Mm -hmm, like five mm -hmm. cars like a lot of bumper stuff the guy standing on the side of the road is full on in like a full brown jesus outfit 
Ooh. It Sweet. like not a white one, but like a brown one. And okay. now that you say that, the Carter thing, like the very flowy shirt, it was like a shirt that was like very flowy and long, and like down to his knees, and then uh-huh. also like very flowy and long pants. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where could he have been? And it was like a white guy with long hair. So I'm like, mm. where could he have been going? And it was brown, brown, not like a cream or a tan. Going to church. Yeah, going to spread the gospel. I w- guess. Without looking at the notes, do you remember how many of Carter's seven buttons are buttoned? I would guess three. Which three do you think they are? The bottom three. Oh, no, 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 no. It's three, one up from the bottom is what Spot I'm going to guess. Spot Did on. I really? Mm-hmm. I wasn't cheating. I was I was just absolutely just guessing what they would have dressed a Miami Latino villain as. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. As, as far as I can tell, the bottom one might also be buttoned. I'm not sure in which case it's either four of seven or three of seven. But as far as I can tell... Three of the seven are buttoned, two through four from the bottom up. He's got the loose white pants on, the white shoes. Like, Monica, this is the Caragala Regan chunky belt, right? Like, this yeah. is the, this is that yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. She's got the high heel, like, the platform shoes, the open toes. Like, she is, like, there to look good. He's like, I just rolled out of bed. I'm a millionaire. I don't need to dress for shit. I'm going to wear this, like, super comfortable shirt. Like, it's just, it's funny to me that, like, that was probably like, the best day on set for him because he just, like, gets to wear, like, super comfortable clothes. Yeah, and everybody else is really hot and trying to get out of there. Yeah. Yeah, I got the clothing for the driver and for the gunman and for the henchman and the dialogue and all that stuff. But what did you notice? Because there's not a ton going on here for you. I know you have some stuff written down. I I added a little bit to your top note here. But what did you find in this minute? Thank you. Um, I was very, very shocked by all the shipping pallets. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's just a fuck ton of them on every which side. Didn't notice that before. Seafoam Green Beach Shack. Got the guns. There's something written on the side of Carter's boat that is going to let me figure out what kind of boat this is, but I cannot read it yet. It was too far in the distance behind him, and the focal point was on his face, not behind him. But I think that when they jump the car onto it, I should be able to get a nice read of what kind of boat this is, and I'll figure that out. Something I did notice that was weird. Wait, are boats in the internet? I know the answer to the question. It seems obvious, but they're not in the internet movie car database. Is there an internet movie boat database? I checked today. And? not fuck this up and i think there is an internet movie boat database but it does not have too fast in it it seems like an oversight okay yeah i mean you know it's like a wikipedia page so wes you got a job no it's no it's it's, it's a wiki about like it like much like the gun the internet gun movie database and the internet aircraft movie database mm-hmm. this one uh is, you know, crowdsourced, and they I guess somebody just doesn't care about the boats in Too Fast. Yeah, I'm saying, Wes, get on there. Submit this to the, to the, the boat database. You need to, yeah, you need, but you need to know what the boats are, which is a big problem. Like, you need some guy that's a nerd about boats to really also love Too Fast and help you figure it out. Well, but- maybe in three or six weeks, when we get to the next minute, and you find out what's on the side of the boat. Uh- I can start the page. You can start the page. Or Wes can just watch the movie. Wes, do some goddamn work. Yeah, true. So I got the guns. Oh, the one thing that I did notice that I thought was really interesting, my favorite part of this minute, was Carter Verone is flying a small American flag off the back of his boat, which doesn't seem to make any sense. He doesn't seem to really greatly like America. hes I don't think that he's being portrayed as American. And at the same time, he's like, this yacht that I got, God bless I mean, America. Scarface loves America. Yeah. Tony Montana loves America. That's yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like this is the kind of this is this is what we're dealing with here. 
I have no idea what the song is. I don't know if it's change of plans or not. Like it, it like the, the song like drops out and comes back. It's I think based on plot, that's still the same one, but who knows? But is there anything else of note in this minute or no? No, that's all I had. Uh, and that was the best that I could do in for this minute too. So do you want to go with the trivia question? Either the one I wrote down is when Brian and Enrique reach Tarpon Point, they're greeted by Carter, Monica, and how many henchmen? Two, I love three, it. Five. Love it. Clear, precise, everything I want. Or do you want to do the how many bags of money do they unload, which the answer is three? They, um, I thought it was two black duffel bags. It's no, three. he carries two and there's a third one on the ground. Ah, that's a tricky, tricky question. Um, I like the henchmen more. Uh, okay. Well, I guess both of them are kind of the same and kind of... Do you have one that you prefer? This one's already written. We might okay. as well use this one. Sounds good to me. I didn't remember that there was any henchmen, so uh, three seems like a fuck ton. This is like this is very much like the Jimmy question that we just had. That like I didn't remember Jimmy's here. Like everybody in the background, totally inconsequential. So now, what do you want the minute to be called? Who the fuck are all these guys? <laughs> <laughs> You know? I can't. I, I'm not going to put a swear in the title of our episode. Be like, where'd these guys come from? Minute ninety-two. Where'd these guys come from? When Brian and Enrique reach Tarpon Point, they're greeted by Carter, Monica, and how many henchmen? The answer, of course, is three. Duh. Not easy. Not, two, not four, but three. Easy. Should you get rid of five and make it zero? Two. No, because mm, no. Okay. Because what's also like we had recent questions from minute 89 and minute 90 where the answer was four for each of those. Oh, that's so even worse. Okay. We're basically doing the same kind of answers. It's, you know, this is what's also extra tough is that like theoretically, if we are doing one a week, there's a chance that people remember over the course of whatever, like two years, like all these questions. But like this is now over the course of like three or four years. Like, oh, yeah. The only yeah, person yeah. who has a chance is Tara when Tara catches up. You know what I mean? But even that, it's it's going to be so tough, man. These are this is difficult. This is yeah. a new level of tough. We said we're not taking it for a while. We're still going. We're still going. Not till till the end. I think when we finish, so we have like eight more actual chunks. minutes because we have the episodes through uh, minute one hundred one is the last minute with movie, and then one hundred two to one hundred eight is the credits. So then after that, in May or in April of 24, so, you know, seven months from now, we can take the quiz in its entirety and get absolutely destroyed. Fair enough. I'll take Very that. Very exciting. Yeah. Yep. Works for Anything me. Anything else to say about this minute? I want to see this fucking boat, the car jump onto the boat. Keep waiting. I Keep. Really? Are, do you know? Do you have secrets? No, but like we got, Okay. You know, Roman's got to show up. Oh, you're right. Fuck, we are very so far away from movie this. Left. Okay, not sorry. There's much movie left, but there's so much movie left. You're 100% right, bud. You are. Roman's nowhere to be found right now. Nope, he's not. Cool. Well, Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. I have somehow, surprisingly, four bits of news that I did not remember, but is there anything that you've seen in the last handful of weeks zero. about these movies or actors? Okay. Zero, zero, zero. Let's find out what these are, because I don't remember them. I wrote them down. I'm glad that I paste these in. Well, actually, first of all, so if you are a patron, first of all, thank you. And also, first of all, shout out to oh. Ka- Cassie Wilson, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, and Brian Rodriguez of High School Ooh. Slumber Party, Wes Hampton, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden Renato, D. Donato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, 
Jason Rainey, Tom Price, Mike Gallier, Josh Buckley of Whole yep. Lot of Wolves, Michael Moser, Christian Larson, Tara New One, Aaron Willows, and Natalie Absolute, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. First of all, thank you all so much. Thank you. Whether it be $5 a month level or above. If you want to join their ranks, get your name read on episodes or written in the description, get swag and merchandise, early access episodes, bonus episodes. I also feel like, not that we're really going to talk about like sports like on an ongoing basis, but like the way that we record on a Wednesday and it comes out the following Tuesday, like if you want any of this to make any sense at all, listen to it almost a full week early on Thursday or Friday on the Patreon. Oh, because so, I'm always going to talk about sports right. just randomly, so... The reason I bring up the patrons, number one, other than just to, th- to thank them, but I linked up Spotify and the Patreon. It was very easy to do. So if you are a patron and you listen through Spotify, you can search for Too Fast on there. And there's a separate feed called the Patreon feed that I think oh, if you're awesome. not a subscriber, you have to like, you probably like authenticate through Patreon. Um, but it's it's easy. It's just, it's right there. So go do that if you want that. Or if not, you know, whatever. That's really cool. I'm glad you That's got easy. it to work. Yeah, you, you were telling me I'm about it. I'm actually curious. I haven't looked myself. I know that Tara got there. I think somebody else got there, too. But I want to see what this looks like. So, too fast, too forever. Patreon feed. This says paid. Hold on. Oh, oh, they're all locked. That's very exciting. So, if you tap the lock where like it's normally a play button it says too fast too forever patreon feed want to hear more from this creator some content is only available to subscribers Ooh. support the creator to access all exclusive audio so when you tap get access it redirects you to link your patreon to spotify and then that makes sense yeah that's really cool that's exactly how it should work it's good job, beautiful spotify. good job guys yeah news about the fast and furious number one. Oh right this was a big deal i don't know if you saw this so david Ayer, who has since been accused of like plagiarism and whatever but he helped write the first the fast and the furious but he also like okay. wrote and directed fury he's, he's made really good movies the fast and furious writer david Ayer claims he received quote nothing to show from it so he was on john bernthal's real ones podcast john bernthal in fury which i think is david Ayer's best movie and he said he has quote nothing to show for the fast and the furious quote biggest franchise in hollywood and i don't have any of it i got nothing to show for it because of the way the business works so he said that they adapted it from a vibe article racer x which we know yes we but know that he's the one who said that he injected diversity and the culture that he knew quote when i got that script that shit was set in new york it was all italian kids right? oh I'm like, I'm not going to take it unless I can set in L.A. and make it look like the people I know in L.A., right? So then I started, like, writing in people of color and writing in the street stuff and writing in the culture. No one knew shit about street racing at the time. I went to a shop in the Valley and met with the first guys that were doing the hacking of the fuel curves for the injectors and stuff like that. And they had just figured it out. They were showing it off. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. I'm going to put that in the movie. And then he says the narrative is that I didn't do shit, right? It's like people hijack narratives, control narratives, create narratives to empower themselves, right? And because I was always an outsider and because I don't go to the fucking parties, I don't go to the meals, I don't do any Whoa. of that stuff. The people that did were able to control and manage the narrative because they're socialized in that part of the problem. I was never socialized in that part of the problem, so I was always the dark, creative dude. Beware. Fuck all the middlemen, right? I get it. It's up to me. I got to self-rescue, right? I can not I can fucking whine and get shot at and all the rounds I've taken over my career. I've got to self-rescue. I've got to create an ecology where it's safe for me to be creative, and that's it. That's what I'm doing now. It sounds like he's just whining now, but, you know, good on you, man. Yeah, it's, it, that definitely sounded like he was whining. I agree with you, Joey. 
Like, I, I know that there's, you know, a bunch of writers who write the movies, and I'm not trying to take this away from, like, if he did all that, he should get a piece, but, like... It's, it seemed so many... it seemed like he's harboring some some pains somewhere. Yeah, that that seemed like a problem bigger than the Fast and the Furious. If he starts bitching about not being in the the culture of the industry, yeah, yeah, that's his outlet but... for it. But he mm-hmm. he seems he seems like he's grumpy about something else. I can't imagine what the franchise would be like if it was all Italian kids in New York. It probably wouldn't be around anymore. It might be, but probably not. I yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. It would have been a vastly different movie, and something. It, and he, if he takes credit and he's correct about one of our mm-hmm. favorite parts of the franchise in the movies, then thank you. I appreciate your work and contribution, and I wish you did get more uh, respect for it. Next bit of news. So, spooky season is nearly upon us. Oh, it uh, is. October is also so here. So okay. So if you'll remember, Sung Kang is doing a movie. He directed a movie called Shaky Shivers, which is coming out or is out. I think it's coming. I don't think it's out yet, but it's coming out this fall. Okay. And Hooptober on Letterboxd, one of the bonus movies is Shaky Shivers because the guy who puts Hooptober together has some kind of partnership with a streaming service. And like, if you want to watch this, there's like a a free week code or whatever. You can sign up for this thing. Oh, very cool. On there or going to be on there, whatever. So anyway, what's the streaming service that it's going to be on? Mm, Sorry, don't mean to put you on the spot. I'm doing Hooptober. I also got Mike Manzi doing Hooptober, which is very exciting. He was just going to do my list, and then um, he's like, I'm going to do my own. Good, awesome. That's cool. So Shaky Shivers is going to be on Screambox, which is a horror streamer. Oh, fun. But yeah, so if you go to, I mean, if you want the access to that, it's on Cinemonsters Letterboxd, but uh, Screenbox is a partner. You can use a link for a complimentary trial and watch Shaky Shiver. So I'm sure he gets some kind of like, you know, kickback or whatever people stick around, which is fine because like, it's cool, whatever. But Shaky Shivers, if you want to like sign for a thing, watch it for free, blah, blah, blah. There you go. But anyway, to promote the movie, Sun Kang is doing this press tour, press junket, interviews, whatever. Okay. Although, I don't know how you can do it, because, like, they're supposed to be on strike. Maybe directors aren't on strike, so maybe he's talking about it as a director. I don't know. But he told Collider, they're like, what role would you want to play? Like, what, you know, what's your dream horror role? And he said, do you have, a, do you have any guesses what famous horror role Sung Kang would want to play? I'm going to take a guess that he kind of wants to be Freddy Krueger. I don't know why, just gut gut feeling. Quote, I'd love to play Freddy Krueger really? in Nightmare on Elm Street. That character was just so fun. Having experience yep. with prosthetic makeup and sitting in the chair for four, for four hours like I did in Star Wars, that's the only part that I kind of wonder if I have the stamina to sit in the makeup chair for months. But that character was so fun. The sweater to this day is so iconic. The knife fingers, that's on the bucket list for sure. Awesome. Wow. What a call, too. Yeah. It just had a feeling like that would be, like, one that you would aspire to do. Well, like, Michael Myers is behind a mask. Jason's behind a mask. That's what I'm, yeah, like, that was it. He has the burn, yep. but, like, you're still, like, theatrical and whatever, right? Yeah, if you want to be Pennywise, same thing. Like, too much makeup, too much costume. Freddy Krueger is, like, still a face, right? Mm-hmm. The last bit of news that I have is, this is also actually for real, about the Fast and Furious, Jason Momoa's Fast 10 villain Dante, quote, will truly evolve in the sequel. I did see this. This is Louis Leterrier. This is on Empire Online. So Leterrier is speaking to Empire in their Dune Part 2 issue. 
He says, let's do something else. He teases of where Dante goes next. Quote, it's never twice the same with him. Dante will truly involve, evolve. Let's explore something we haven't seen before. Quote, he was fueled by vengeance. He could have played a dark, angry, but it was interesting to play with the duality and the push-pull within that character, where within the same sentence, he's laughing and feels the pain of losing everything. Only an actor like Jason could have done that. Ooh. Yeah, okay. I'm curious to see how they evolve him, but does that just mean make him join the family? Because if that if that's what that means, then... Bro, you're not gonna you're not gonna imagine how he evolves next. Does he join the family? How'd you know? Damn it. <laughs> Shit. No. Um, that's definitely not what happens. Yeah. I don't know. Like I guess like learning character like humanizing him, empathizing him as a villain. Because, like, we don't give a shit about Reyes. We we kind of care about a guy who loses his dad and wants vengeance, right? Like, that's a story, but, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh. Maybe. Could be interesting. But that's all the news I got, I think. That was pretty good news. I like Which, that. Which, again, surprising amount of... I mean, it's not Goodles, and it's not, you know, Bow Wow getting deepfaked or whatever on Instagram, but, like, news. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. As far as we know, Joe, is Dwayne Johnson in... The next Fast and Furious? Yes. A hundred percent yes. Well, we also have the Patreon page, too fast, too forever.com, and an email address, family at cageclub.me. We also have a, we have a Discord, which is cutting down on the mailbag. We do have one email to read today, but if you want to just chat with your fellow fast too fast too forever family, you know, DM and us send you a Discord link. Yeah, us, them, and they mm-hmm. like they talk. It's like mm-hmm. Wes is there, everybody talks, Jason. Yeah, it's cool. It's Sarah's actually really there. good. Yeah, yeah. Mark Hoffmeyer's there. Mark Mark Hoffmeyer did pop up, but I totally forgot that he was there. He was. He, he joined for I think a family watch party. He just like chimed in. She's like, "Oh shit!" Very cool. cool. Yeah. So the email that I have now is from Aaron Willosen. He says, "All What's right, up, guys, Aaron? I've had some time to think, so here goes." Okay. Fast Ten ends. Dom and Little B are downstream as the dam goes. Yes. End of movie. Right. Yes. Fast 11, question mark, he's not sure because, you know, who knows, whatever, picks up exactly where we left off. Dom and Little B hear a car, and as it gets closer, we see it's Brian. He brings his skyline to a J-turn stop, like in Too Fast, in the dirt. A door flies open, he yells, get in, just like in the previous movies. They pile in the car, wheels spin, nitrous flows, with Brian driving, they outrun water. They crest up a hill, meet with the rest of the crew who escaped in the lifted jeep that was in the cargo plane of the plane, cargo bay of the plane. Ah. Everyone lives, obviously. That would be an epic start to the movie. Thank you. Didn't didn't somebody else just mention that they think Brian picks them up at the end? I just don't know how they can outrun the water. Like, because Brian needs to be like there sliding with the door open, already have yelled, get in, and they need to like grab them, shut the door. Like, it's a lot to ask for i don't know because they're racing the bomb like down in a car Mm -hmm. as they're coming right so like for for brian to come out of nowhere scoop them up for them to get in close the door and and him drive away 60 or whatever yeah i think they're all drowning but that, that but i agree with you that i think that this is the most likely beginning of the movie either way I will say, though, maybe they're going to channel their inner Bruce Lee and just be water. And it's like, what does that mean? Ah, Just, you know, be water. Yeah, be water. Be water, my friend. Um, I'm not going to read it on this 
podcast. We got two other emails related sort of in our orbit. Number one, we got emails for the Gosling podcast. We'll read that on the Barbie episode. Another Barbie's out on VOD. We'll get to that pretty soon. Yep. Also, Natalie Absolute, who is a patron, emailed family, but about Keanu Club. And so I don't know if you know this, but there's a very early Keanu movie called Dream to Believe, a.k.a. Flying, a.k.a. I Dream of Flying, a.k.a. American Dream. It has four titles. I think you've mentioned this before, and I only remember it because of that. And every movie that has multiple titles that have nothing to do with each other is a good sign for me. Go ahead. It's one of Keanu's best movies. Okay. And we had Jordan on the episode as a guest because it was about gymnastics. We're like, we know it's about gymnastics. Please be a guest. Yeah. She, she does circus. She does circus. She does circus. And... Brian eventually covered it for Slumber Party, and me, Mike, and Jordan went on there. And so since that, there has been a Facebook thread called Hot Dog, where the three of them talk to each other about all hot dog-related things. And I was like, and you know how I feel about Facebook threads that, like, aren't, like, messages to me. I'm just like, Joey loves them. much noise. Joey loves them. I'm like, send him more of those. Start more group chats about things and, and on Facebook for Joey to read. He loves Guys, it. I love you all, but I, like, beyond mute this. Like, it, it goes out. Like, I don't even get notified anymore. So I, she, she, Natalie wrote in an email about this and I screenshotted it and I put it in that thread and I saw them respond like, Ooh, a ghost he's back. And then I just archived the thread again. So like, I just dropped in, dropped this note. Um, but yeah, so shout out to Natalie for writing it about for listen for number one, listen to Keanu club, like an early, like this is like episode eight of Keanu club means that we recorded it. Like basically when we were starting Zach attack, like seven and a half years ago like oh, i can't geez. imagine these episodes are any good but maybe they are i don't know but i was thinking you know. about re- a guide to recognizing your saints was on like when i turn on my oh, God. S- i know when i turn on my samsung tv there's like like samsung apps and i don't know where it's like pulling these things from yeah. i use a fire stick i don't use that shit and and like rachel saw a guide to recognizing your saints the other day and that was my first reaction regardless <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Natalie, thank you for writing into Family About Keanu Club. I pass this along to the responsible, you know, intended party. So, you know, if you do, she was talking about how Keanu eats a hot dog, and she she's talking about sending in a picture of how she eats a hot dog. So if you have more, Natalie, please pass them along, and I will pass them along to Mike and Jordan, and also now Brian, too. So shout out to all of that. Shout out to hot dogs. But that's all the emails for today. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me, we'll read them every three weeks on the Life in the Fast Lane episodes, please and thank you. Joe, I think the only other thing to do, this could be a radically short episode if we've been boring, but extracurricular activities, what have you been up to in the last three weeks? In the last three weeks, um, I've had two main things. My mom came in from Pittsburgh to visit. We just hung out, had a really pretty relaxed weekend we went to the aquarium that was fun got to see some fishies i always like aquariums uh we were saying like i don't know if you feel like this too that like sometimes i find zoos pretty depressing because like the animals feel like trapped in aquarium for some reason i don't give a fuck about fish so like they they don't look sad to be in tanks and like i get that there's like you know like a giant ass octopus in like a tank that probably hates it but you know I don't feel bad for him. So uh, maybe I'm just fishist or something like that. And I just don't care about their feelings. But uh, aquariums are cool by me. Got to see two little otters. 
I went to, I don't remember if I mentioned, but I went to an aquarium in Barcelona when I was there last year for a music festival. I went to a bar, I went to an aquarium again. Was it in Atlanta? Oh, I heard the Atlanta one's pretty good. I think Matt's mentioned the Atlanta one's pretty good. I think it was probably the one. And like, I, I don't know what I want out of an aquarium, but like, I feel like a lot of aquariums, like they just have like a lot of like small fish tanks where I'm just like, I don't give a shit about small fish. I want big fish. Yeah. I want sharks. I want whales. I want dolphins. I want penguins. I want like. This one had a shark room. This one had like a Mm. shark room that you could like sit in and there would be like a bunch of sharks and like one just went up and like they like look at you. They were like staring at Rachel and like they were going to eat her. So that was fun. Cool. Um, Then uh, last weekend was Labor Day. So we actually drove to hang out at the beach with Rachel's parents and um. It was a lot of fun because it's like... Down in D.C.? Are they D.C.? They're not they're, D.C. They're, they're in Delaware. Beth- Delaware. Bethany, oh. Bethany Beach, yeah. Do you know? Hold what? on. Tell me. This is also... Wait, when is this going to come out? This episode will be out next week. Yeah, okay. So this Thursday on How to Win the Lottery, we're going to unveil our new season of books. So... Okay. Backtracking for a second. I don't know if I've said this before. But you know, do you know Sufjan Stevens, the singer-songwriter? Surf Jan Stevens? Um, he had this idea years ago. He's like, I'm going to do an album for every state. People are like, this is such a cool idea. And he did two of them, and then he stopped. What were the two? New York and California, and then he stopped there? No, no, no. He's from, I think he's from either Chicago or Michigan. So he did Illinois, he did Michigan. Okay. And Illinois is an incredible, and Michigan's pretty good, too. Okay. Um, but, but Illinois is like an amazing album. Um, and so Bob, on Lottery Pot, was just like, fuck this. Suck shit, Sufjan. We're going to do modules about every state so bob came up with a list of books for every single state okay he has 50 states he did dc and he did puerto, puerto rico. rico yeah makes sense so we have 52 are you doing rum diaries for puerto rico? like what are you doing i don't know i i don't i'm not privy to the, the list okay yet. okay cool at the end of every season we do like an intro episode where we just like preview the next season you know give the reading list if you want to follow along whatever blah 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 so what we do now after these longer seasons is I have a deck of cards and we draw a deck of, we draw a card from the deck. There's two jokers in there that are wild card that Bob does a new list of books every time for those. And I have a spreadsheet where every card is affiliated with the state. And so you draw like the seven of diamonds, like that's whatever. That's Texas. And so yeah. the, the first state we did was Louisiana. And the second state we did, which Bob said was like the hardest state to to do a module for which we're going to start next week, is Delaware. Interesting. Because there's like no, not that there's no culture in Delaware, but like the culture of Delaware is like companies go there because there's no tax. Like it's just yeah. like it. So the first book we're doing, the episode that we recorded already is Fight Club, which the movie takes place in Delaware. Yes. But the book does not. So like we are reading it and he's talking about how he's like flying west, flying back home. And I'm just like, well, because like all of Chuck, like Chuck Palahniuk's from like Portland, he's like from the Pacific Northwest, and this probably takes place up there. But anyway, the next three books that we're covering for the for Lottery Pod are all about Delaware. So if Rachel's parents want some sweet, sweet Delaware literature, point them our Fight way. Fight Club, girl, do we have a book podcast for you? Yes, that's really funny. I didn't think about yeah. this. Um, so yes, so we were because da- they used to live in DC, but then they moved to Delaware. They still they still have both houses. They bought the house okay, in okay, Delaware because they're going to retire there. But they like do a swap and they like, yeah. So cool. Okay, so went there and uh, Labor Day is like pretty much like the end of the season there for like like the end of beach season, right? It's like okay. the last mm-hmm. the last hurrah. So um, they had 
Their 4th of July fireworks got canceled for some reason, so they did the 4th of July fireworks this weekend. Like, as a, as a town, like, as a, as a whole. Yes. Yeah, like, cool. yeah, so, like, they postponed theirs, and they're like, we'll just do them on Labor Day instead of 4th of July. Sorry, cool. guys. Cool. Yeah, because there was, like, some weather issue or something. I don't know. So we got to see the fireworks and pretty much just hung out on the beach and drank beers on the beach, which I really like for not being a beach person. It's starting to creep up on me. Oh, oh, oh but, oh, I do have to kind of I, – I mentioned this today to Justin Kleiman when he messaged us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We ran into two different peoples this weekend that were elders mm-hmm. that had mentioned that they did not enjoy Barbie at all. So mm. the first one was this woman. She's sitting there and she's like, I heard Barbie sucked. And I was like, do you talk to only fucking yeehaws? And that was, and Rachel was like, you know, like just totally mm-hmm. shushed mm-hmm. me. Cause that mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. slipped out. Uh, and apparently the answer was yes. And then mm. uh, somebody had commented on Rachel. Rachel bought pink, like uh, Barbie pink Birkenstocks after mm-hmm. we saw the movie. And somebody was like, oh, these are like Barbie the movie. And we're like, yeah, did you see it? And they were like, we will never get that time back. And I was like, that is a wild take. And that's what I said. And then walked away this time. And instead of accidentally being confrontational so uh it is true somebody is telling the olds that barbie was really really bad and they're believing it whether they have seen it or not well the buzz about barbie is that it's getting banned in like very right-wing countries for like saying that it's okay to be gay you know what i mean like there's there's definitely like pushback against this movie for like oh yeah treating people like people so i can totally see why that would get you know rung up the ladder or whatever right rachel was like rachel was like i didn't expect everyone to hate women but alas you know everyone hates women (laughs) alas they alas they must like even older women so okay watching things wise we watched something that was interesting on hbo they had a documentary about bishop sycamore do you remember this did you see the documentary I did not see it. Who or what is Bishop Sycamore? I don't remember. The name sounds familiar. Okay. Bishop Sycamore was a high school football team that was on ESPN playing the best high school football team in the nation. Okay. Because they were, it got broadcast on ESPN on like, you know, some random night. Uh, Mm -hmm. Everybody started watching it. And this team is getting fucking dog walked. Very quickly on the broadcast, they realize this is not a real school. There is no school attached to this. This is a fake, made-up school run by a con man. And then, as they start... So who are the kids? 21-year-old criminals, um, (laughs) juco dropouts, kids that are way, way too old to be playing high school football that they kind of just forged to be high schoolers under the promise that they would get, like, game tape. At what, so, so there's a documentary about it on HBO Max called BS High or something like that, right? And, okay. Um, one of the quotes from the, the head coach that devised this whole plan, set up the fake school, all these things, is interviewed in this documentary. Okay. He's like, I'm doing this documentary to, like, tell my side. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is not good for him. That was not a good choice. Uh, but one of the things he says is, is where does it say it's illegal for 21-year-olds to n- to play high school football? And they're like, in the, the rule book 
for the Ohio Athletic Association of High Schools, that's precisely where it says you're not allowed to play high school football anymore. Now show me in that same book where it says a dog can't play football. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so the, it was really funny. Like the story is like comical. There's tons of memes about it. It was a big internet sensation. And where I was like, I'm going to watch this cause this is going to be funny. And it's like pretty funny until it becomes super duper depressing. Oh, I'm sure. Cause he like then got these kids like ineligible for actual college ball because they like were playing on his team and broke the rules. Mm. He opened all these PPP loans in their names because he stole their social. It's like it gets bad and worse and worse. And I actually left it feeling very depressed. So I can't recommend it. <laughs> Although the story is fun and go look up the story in memes because Roy, what's his name, has been popping back up with football season starting. Everybody's saying that like every time that there's like, you know, a shitty team, a shitty coach or something, they're like, this guy must be on the sideline over there. It's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Um, but watching-wise... Did you guys finish Hard Knocks? We did finish Hard Knocks. Did you finish Hard Knocks? I did. Um, so what's your overall takes on Hard Knocks? Because you hadn't watched it when we talked last. I had watched the first two, and you had only watched like the first one or something. You, I only watched the first one. I watched two, three, four this week, and then I watched five, the finale last night. Okay, and... You were like, the second episode's not really about Aaron Rodgers. It's still, like, very heavily about Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's also about Q, but, like, it's also, like... It's a lot. Not, no, but, Quentin Williams, yeah. I think it's good. I think, I think again, it's, like, one of the better teams, theoretically, like, that Hard Knocks has probably ever covered. Like, they're probably gonna, I would think, unless, like, he gets hurt or, like, something drastic. This, has, they're gonna make huge, the playoffs, this has huge summer Super Bowl vibes to me because they did this. They do this every year. Like, the Browns were, like, summer but Super like, Bowl it darlings. But, like, they actually have talent in a way that these other teams. They like, do, every time but you watch he Hard went Knocks, to the like, this team is going to be really good. I know, I know. He went to the still. AFC. He has to play Josh Allen twice this year. He has to play, like, this isn't – he has to play Wild Bill twice this year and the Dolphins twice this year. This isn't as easy as, as everybody's hype on them about. But, you know, whatever. But what I think is, I don't give a shit one way or the other about the Exactly, like, yeah. Fine, do your thing, yeah. whatever. What I think is very funny, though, when we started talking about this a little bit when we talked about Hard Knocks three weeks ago, is that, like, they've chosen to focus on other things. So instead of focusing on cuts and focusing on, like, the fringe players or whatever, they focus on the stars now because of the way the NFL does it. But, like, what that meant to me was this fifth episode was, like, 42 minutes long, and they spend four minutes of it walking down an empty hallway and they spend another five minutes at the MJ Broadway musical. I said And they spend another four minutes with Aaron Rodgers telling a UFO story. And I'm yes. Like, you have no more story to tell. Like, this doesn't have to be a fifth episode, but, like, they need it for a fifth episode. Because they, you know they're I mean? not like, doing cut day, which I actually mm-hmm. find very respectable, too. I'm with you. Like, the cut day is kind of fucked up. Like, you're, like, it's like watching people live get fired, right? Yeah. Like, it's not comfortable for, it's like, and not only are you fired, you're, like, fired at your dream, but, like, what they usually show is that, like, those guys sign to a practice squad somewhere else. Like, that's always, whatever. like, it's yes, never always, yes. like, truly, like, a real depressing story. Like, it's whatever. But they they kind of showed three, right? And, like, two of them made the team and one didn't, right? So Yeah. No, he, and he still signed on the practice squad, like, at the end yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, like, they didn't, you know, they're they're building the team that they want to keep around. I get it. And the, the two uh, wide receivers that were, like, fringe wide receivers mm-hmm. turning out to be, like, best buds is, like, a very cute storyline. I like that a lot. But now, like, I opened up Twitter today, X, sorry, and, like, one of the tweets that was served to me was Ian Rappaport saying, like, the Jets are working out receivers. Like, one of those guys is going to get cut, probably. You know what I mean? Like, just, oh, like, yeah. who knows? But, I, you know, I was just... I, I was, was wondering, that, like, I said this to Rachel now that you bring that up, that, like... Do you think the Jets didn't cut both of them because it's a better Hard Knocks ending? 
like knowing that they're like, oh, we could just like cut one next week, you know, and like it won't be on camera. Yeah, maybe. I mean, probably, possibly. I don't know. But I, 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 the, my big takeaway from the finale is that I think it's very funny. Like I, I said to Bob and uh, my friend Real, who's like in our X Files thread, yes. I'm like, Aaron Rodgers tells a very long story in Hard Knocks about seeing a UFO. He's like, it's, and Bob said, it's so weird that UFOs always show up to guys like Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's just like, oh, that's, that's a just good point. Of, yeah. He introduces it. He's just like, so here's my friend, you know, college roommate, whatever. Like, you know, we I brought him to the game. Know. I got to see him. It was a really good, it was a really good thing. I haven't seen him since we saw that UFO. He said we saw a UFO together. And then I'm like, did I hear that right? And then they cut to like the test of like the, you know, the confessional. And he tells us like three minute long UFO story. I'm just like, why? What is going on? You know, I've seen a UFO though. I saw one. Well, I mean, I mean, no, we were like into it. It was the weirdest fucking thing. We were in New England. I like we're down the street. I don't know. We pulled up to some dock. One of Zach's friends was fishing. He's sitting there fishing. It's late at night. And um, we see this thing like come across really fast. Dead stop. Like it's very far away. One spot of light. It moves like in a direction that would be like up. And then moves like a direction that would be like back. And then just like zooms away. And we were like, that was fucking weird. And, like, I've never seen a plane move like that. And we were like, must have been a UFO. And that was it. What did you think about Hard Knocks, though, overall, other than the, the UFO story? Aaron Rodgers is fucking insufferable. And I'm so, so... It, it, I found it most interesting that it was, like, a psychological expose of beginning a cult. Mm. Every coach down to, like, coordinator, down to role coach, down to player, has to buy in that Aaron Rodgers is their savior. And if they don't buy into that, the whole thing crumbles instantaneously. And the mental aspect of watching it trickle down was the most fascinating part of Hard Knocks to me. Do you like Sala as a coach, like as a person, like as like a, for the TV show or also just like as a coach, like as a guy in the league? I like Sala. I think he's, I think he's good for the league and I think that he's probably pretty good. Um, I think Nathaniel Hackett is such a clown. And he's just Aaron Rodgers' cheerleader, and that's the only reason why he's allowed. Did, did you get to the ep- – you saw the episode that there's, like, one, maybe, like, the third or fourth episode that Aaron Rodgers is like, nope, none of these plays work. These are the new plays, and then walks around and tells everybody else the new plays, and Nathaniel Hackett just, like, claps along on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know what Nathaniel it, – It's I did find it enjoyable that – the most human I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers is him having weird love for like random dudes like Randall Cobb. Why does Aaron Rodgers love Randall Cobb so much? But he does. And like, he constantly gets him a job that he makes like a couple million dollars a year just because Aaron Rodgers likes this guy and he stands around and maybe I think, what was it like on the, on the Packers last year, Randall Cobb played like an average of like three snaps a game. It was as bad as like the Steelers having to pay Derek Watt all this money just to be like TJ's buddy that sits on the sideline because he was really good at special teams. But the Steelers had like allocated like $4 million a year to Derek Watt, and he would legit play like four snaps a game. Well, you know that Giannis, both of his brothers are on the Bucks now? Yeah, there you go. Same thing. It's like, you, you're like okay, I get that like we can't pay you, but like we're going to keep you happy and keep your brother here. Not like dissing Derek Watt or Randall Cobb for that matter. They're better athletes than I will ever be. But at the same time, like, there's clearly a reason why you're here, and it's this. So we're watching it last night. Last night's episode had something really funny in it, and 
this is also like on the other side of why Aaron Rodgers annoys me. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers started his like culture tour, right? Like pretty much all he wanted to do was like take these guys to musicals like every single day that they had a free minute. He took them to and different eat carcucci boards and eat carcucci boards. And I think it's cute that he's trying to impart culture on him. We laugh that it's like the most Midwestern view ever to be like, I'm going to New York for the culture and then just only go see musicals. Well, that's like such a weird funny there's there's that okay so n- number a couple things I <laughs> yes go number ahead. one drives me crazy at the new jersey erasure they're like they're the new york jets let's see them in new york it's like they're all in jersey in new jersey and they're all in jersey they're all living mm-hmm. in jersey driving in jersey okay um that's number one but number two like i don't mind the musical things as much but like the one guy being like this is the fourth time i've seen this i loved it just like Dude, there are so many other musicals and plays this, and this like, is, okay. literally anything you could do. Don't see the MJ musical four times. So you're backing up to the point that I that I that Rachel was incensed last night watching that because they were singing along and Rachel's like, This is not a sing along musical. You do not just sing. That's like that's like going to like reacting like you're watching the room in a new movie like people aren't paying for you to sing the songs like we know that you know the songs but you I don't do sing along wonder i wonder if that was like because they show in the lobby like they're getting like not hounded for autographs but people are like oh my god sauce 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 whatever but like they had cameras the lights were up like they were showing like it felt like it was maybe like a closed performance that's or, what like, i thought too but even still she's like shut the fuck up in this like you don't sing at them you don't come to, like we get that you know the music right like stop so she was laughing about that, and I also thought it was really funny that Aaron Rodgers takes them to go see Michael Jackson, and in the scene, they play the doesn't matter if you're black or white thing. Like, this was such an on-the-nose, um, remember the Titans mm. come together. Like, Aaron Rodgers is like, I know what will bring them together. If I can just get these black guys and these white guys to realize mm. that we're kind of the same, like, I might just reach these kids through musicals and like that whole thing is like he's such an idiot this is this is like it just to sum up how much of an ass i think he is but go like i understand like i'm not i don't want to like make fun of these guys because like they're better no i am am, so much also like like what's your favorite michael jackson song is like i don't know thriller abc it's like okay so like the biggest songs of all time it's just like you're it's the most like them going to see the back to the future musical like they're not going to see great stuff i mean they might be good i don't know they're probably good but like everything's probably you know for the this most is, part, like, it's good. film versus movies right like right. everything that they're 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 consuming is is junk food yeah like i'm not saying you go see like leopoldstadt that i went to with bob and i'm just like this is so boring like i don't like but it's like it's winning tony's or whatever like don't see that but like see something that's not i know that movie lion king see that on stage yeah, yeah. right yeah. i don't know funny though but yeah you know Good, good luck to the, those New York Jets. Good luck to the Jets. Jets are my favorite fan base in the NFL besides my own. They are the best fan base that I've ever dealt you with. You love Fireman Ed. You keep you won't stop talking about how much you love Fireman Ed. I, do, I don't really know who Fireman Ed is, but but just... You know Fireman Ed, right? Or no? You don't know him? He's a super fan, a Jets super fan, I'm guessing. He's the guy who wears a fireman's cap to the... Or like, you know, a, a white hat with like the green logo and he wears a jet and he think, what, he's got like a custom jersey and he's the guy who leads the J-E-T-S chance. Or he did for a while, then he ah. and the Jets had a falling out and then i, I remember this back. part of it yes you're right you're right he no, did but yeah he was the guy who like would sit on his friend's shoulders and like get the crowd into it but he was fireman ed like he was like the jets fan and then like they had a falling out or whatever just like how the vikings and like their you know whatever their 
Viking, you know, the yes. Norse guy who yeah, like dressed yeah, yeah, yeah. like they wouldn't pay him or whatever, and so he left, and he's not like a Packers, like, whatever. Who gives a shit? But like Red yeah, Extreme, is, like, Red Extreme, and the uh, and the. <laughs> do you remember this? The whole saga. The 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 Chiefs kid just got uh, arrested. The Wait, one Chiefs kid. Oh, I forget what his super fan name was, but there was a chief super fan that would wear like a big bad wolf mask, and then he would also go rob banks in a chief's jersey and yes. the big bad wolf. Yeah, he they just rules. caught him. Yeah, and he was using the bank money to buy Ugh. tickets to go to the Chiefs games because he was a chief super fan, and it's very so, expensive. Okay. Speaking of that, um, I've been watching the Vikings doc on YouTube, which is great. The history of the Minnesota Vikings, which is amazing. I still think the Mariners one may be better, but I care about this more because it's like yeah, the, the, team, the team that, that you I care, care about. about. Yeah, I didn't remember, or maybe I never knew, but like, so apparently every NFL coach and probably a bunch of players are allowed to buy like five or six Super Bowl tickets every year. And so there's like this, like there's a rule that you can't sell them, but like everyone sells them. It just like it doesn't matter. Like it's just okay. I think you can you can buy them for like whatever face value. So say $300 a ticket or whatever, and you sell them for like two or, two or three grand or whatever, make a good amount of money. Yeah. Last night, as we're recording this, Tuesday the 5th was the penultimate episode. There's one more. The finale is on Friday. But this was about the Vikings from 2000 to 2009. Okay. And so it is the best episode yet because it's the messiest the Vikings have ever been. This is Adrian Peterson. Okay, yeah. But yeah. before he gets canceled... It's Brett Favre, it's the sex boat, it's Mike Tyson, it's all these different things. So I didn't remember, speaking about, like, you know, using stolen money to buy tickets. So Mike Tice, when he was the Vikings coach, was the lowest paid coach in the league. And so he bought his allotment of Super Bowl tickets and was selling them. And again, apparently everyone does it. And someone narked on him. And so he was basically trying to make, like six grand or whatever like well you know yeah yeah nice, chump nice change. Of money, but, but like, chump change yeah the nfl fined him a hundred thousand dollars this poor guy's out like 90 90 grand because he tried to flip for a couple grand and he probably lost the tickets you know what i mean like he's probably at the full hundred like it's just you know it's terrible but anyway i can't recommend the documentary enough like i will say the fifth episode 50 minutes in is the high point of the series for me so far because it covers the game that sealed me as a Vikings fan for life, which is... Do you That's know, very cool. No. Do you know what it is? Nope. It is Thanksgiving Day, 1998, Vikings-Cowboys. Okay. Where Randy Moss goes three for like a buck fifty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, do know, I knew this stat line. Okay, yeah. Because they do a whole build-up, like the whole narrative, it's, it's just beautiful, and... The Cowboys wanted him, and then Jerry He Jones had, like, three like, receptions, three touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. That was it, and they, they were all, all, all like, 90. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the cow, cause, So they give the backstory of Randy Moss, but, like, he smoked weed once, he got into one fight, and then he had, like, this history of violence and drug abuse. Yes. And Jerry Jones, like, very publicly was like, we don't want that kind of player on our team. Ah, yeah. And so Randy was like, fuck them Cowboys, and just torched them. That's awesome. And I remember, like, we were always down at my grandparents' house for Thanksgiving, and I think my mom was sick that year, so we didn't go. So I remember being home and watching this team that, like, I was just rooting for for the first time ever, and, like, watching that game and being like, this is unbelievable. This is the coolest thing. Like, as, at 10 years old, yeah. like, watching this guy just, like, what they keep saying, like, a man among boys, I'm like, this is the best thing in the world. So, but they spend, like, five minutes on that game i'm just like this is so good man that's so, awesome very cool i'm very happy for you yeah the finale again on friday but they're all on youtube like they're the first like three are about an hour and then the last 
three have been like an hour and a half. The last one was like an hour 40. And I think the one on Friday has been like an hour. Like it's, it's deep. Like it's a lot. So, but they're, they're, they're my favorite thing in the world. So it's great. The other thing I've been, I haven't played a lot, but there's a new game that came out called Starfield. Do you know Bethesda who made? Yeah, I know know all about this. I know just periphery about this because a lot of my friends are really into this game coming out. A lot of Mm -hmm. my friends were talking about Bethesda. I forget what they they made Fallout 2. They made the Fallout games. They made uh, the Elder Scrolls games. They made like uh, Morrowind, Oblivion, Skyrim. Yeah. But this is their first like original title in like a long, long, long time. It came out today officially on Game Pass. Which yeah, is, but somebody know, had like Ultimate Edition Beta. I paid edition. thirty bucks, so I got it like a week okay. ago. So I've been, I put like five or six hours into it. Like I'm not, but it's very cool. I'm gonna keep playing it. But the reason I'm bringing it up here, other than just like because I've been playing it, is because part of it is like this exploration thing where like you're surveying other planets or whatever. Yes, and so yes, they yes. Give I've heard about this. Go ahead. This gun, like a laser that like you know you can whatever, but they call it your cutter. And every time, give every me single my time cutter I see it, back. give me my cutter back. And, like, I hear it in my head as both Carter and Roman making fun of Carter. And, like, I don't want to think it, but every single time I use it, I hear them say that. I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Every single time. Beautiful. And I use it Great share. Great share. And then I saw three movies in theaters. I saw Theater Camp, which I did not like. Rachel might like, I think. It's just about, like, nerdy kids, like, at a theater camp. Okay. I just didn't think it was funny. Like, it's filled with people I like. Didn't think it was funny. Okay. Saw Passages, which is a... We're a, a gay married couple. One of the guys starts a relationship with a younger woman and kind of ruins everything for everybody. And very good. Okay. And what was the third one I saw? Oh, I saw Bottoms, which is a kind of like a raunchy high school sex comedy. Okay. Um, with Rachel Sennett and Ayo Debery. And unbelievable. Loved it. One of my favorite okay, movies. Okay. Wow. Okay. So good. It was made by the same woman who made Shiva Baby like four years ago. I remember you liking that movie a lot. Rachel Sennett. Um, so same actor, same director, love it. So if you like raunchy kind of like it, it sort of subverts the high school thing while also doing the high school thing. You know what I mean? So yeah, like it yeah, just, yeah. I love it. Wait, I have a question for you. Just because yeah. I thought about it, we haven't watched the season two of um shit, the after party. Have you? I haven't seen it either. No, I haven't. I haven't it's heard anything about it either, which makes me very nervous. And Rachel recommended it the other night to, like, something to start. And I was like, oh, it sounds really good. Yes, we liked the first season. And then I remember, like, it's out, and we haven't heard a fucking peep about it. Can't be a good sign. It feels like the kind of thing that's going to be impossible to catch lightning in a bottle twice like that. I agree. I still haven't watched Vacation Friends 2 either, but I'm, that's on my very well, that, much to That do you list. know is not going to be good, so maybe there can be something that's, like, just, But I, you know, I will like, enjoy there's it. There's no expectation. Yeah. Right. Oh, when my mom was here, we watched this show called Traitors, and it's like... Um, is it reality or is that scripted? It's reality, and it's, it's fucking... I wanted to tell you about this. I'm so glad I remembered. It's just mafia in game form with some celebrities and some normies. Oh, But cool. yeah, so like they, they do an activity every day that raises money for the collective pot, and they tell you... You know who the traitors are on the... like you know like they tell you in the show that these guys are the traitors um and there's three of them and then like every day the group collectively like votes out a traitor or somebody they suspect is a traitor and then every night the traitors kill one person which is um a game you know mafia that i'm Mm -hmm. sure a lot Mm -hmm. of you have played in a game that joey and i used to design a bunch of for funsies 
it's all celeb- the celebrities are all people like this person was on Big Brother, this person was on Survivor, this person's on Housewives. It's like all other reality people's. Too. Gotcha. Um, cool. So yeah, something. Do you like? Do you know people, or do you just like know? I mean, obviously you know their shows, but like, do you know the people from other things or no? Honestly, no, really. no, because okay. they're all like later seasons, like more recent things of everything. Yeah. So no. Oh, the other thing I want to say, and it's not only like a thing that I did as much as things to plug upcoming. I did an episode of Mark Hoffmeyer's podcast, Movies, Films, and Flicks on Spring Breakers, which I think is going to come out later this month. And oh, then very you and cool. I just did before this episode, which will be out in two weeks from today on September 20th. So next week, as you look on the main feed, we did a movie called Driven, directed by Rennie Harlan for Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, which is Mark Hoffmeyer's podcast with Jay Cluett. Yeah, it was just Mark on and our Jay. show. Yep. And so Driven was directed by Rennie Harlan, who directed Deep Blue Sea, and it's a racing movie starring Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. You know what? And now that you say that, the movie is very similar to Gran Turismo, and I was just on Out Now and Aaron Abe talking about Gran Turismo that's already out a couple weeks ago, um, but they're a very similar format, so if you want more car movies. But Driven was... You have to listen to the episode about Driven because Mark discusses the the film studio that like had made this, called franchise films and his breakdown and explanation of franchise films is worth the the list like it, he starts the episode by explaining what this shit is to us uh wild fun story you should go listen to the beginning just for that and then you'll finish the episode yeah and if you want more of a teaser like they're the ones who made battlefield earth like that's they're they're the reason that movie exists so you know yeah but mark that mark knows all the backstory about like how and yeah. why and the financials of making these movies and it's it's a fun it's a fun listen it's very very cool uh anything else to share in extracurricular activities uh fucking week one we actually we made it so hold on here i i need now what? i need and you can also help people this is my first nfl season having cut the cord yes very exciting so thursday night football is on peacock thursday night football is on amazon fuck that's right okay that's good that's easier easy better app yes sunday night football is on peacock yes monday night espn how do you watch espn you need need just you need access it's not espn plus you just need espn so i think joey what i'm about to tell you is that i think that they play the manning cast on espn plus as an option so I think you'll be able to watch the Manning cast if you don't mind having the Mannings over it. And I mean, I watch these games on mute anyway, so I just it, I just have a smaller screen because their big old faces are on there. Yeah, but. and I think that like you'll be able to do that. Also, ESPN like even if something's on broadcast but on ESPN like plus later like um for Formula One and stuff, I think if you just delay it a little bit, it will let you watch it. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Okay. Like, yeah, after yeah, it's yeah, already yeah, yeah. started, like, it'll let you, like, start from beginning, and you can't okay. catch up or something. I don't know. That's just a guess. But, yes, that and Fox also plays some of the Sunday games. So, yeah, so the so Paramount Plus and then Fox Sports app have your local feeds for CBS and Fox, I think? Yes. Yes, it does. Yes. I, I watch the CBS games on Paramount, so Sunday you need Paramount Plus and fox fox sports and, and the fox sports games are fucking great because they broadcast them in 4k if you use the fsn app yep so highly recommended god dang millionaire you can pay for the youtube thing anything else to say before we wrap up and come back next week for tokyo drift summer's over thank god i'm so fucking ready for spoopy season 
compared to summer. I'm a notorious hater of summer and winter and a, so an adamant lover of all things fall. Spring is a distant second, but I'm fucking ready for fall and having my windows open and being hung over on the couch and immediately start drinking again on Sunday mornings. So exciting. So, so exciting. Thank you. It's my favorite time of the year. Next week, we have Tokyo Drift. After that, the bullet train from 1975. And then Too Fast, Too Furious, Minute 93, which I still don't think is going to have that boat crashing or the car crashing. Into the I boat, don't think so either. You're right. Anyway, for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash too fast, too forever. I hope you guys like us talking about hard knocks for 25 minutes, whatever. Email us, family at cageclub.me. I was like, this episode's gonna be really short, and then we talked about hard knocks for a long time, like more than the episode was on air. It, that was, that was pretty know. much just me. I Again, this is just me trying to actually ask Joey about hard knocks. That was just yeah. the most earnest, unabashed like, question session ever, but yes. Email us about Hard Knocks at family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFast2Forever.com and our store at cageclub.me slash shop. And come back next week for the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift as we follow Han. As he says at the end of six, he's got business to do in Tokyo. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we will tell you all about it when we see you again.